Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie is here. We are combining everything into one episode this week to make it a decent length episode. Next week, we will have a special interview for one episode. Actually, there might be two cool episodes next week. One open wheel and one sports car related. So I haven't even told Frenchie about that yet. But that's as per usual because I didn't even think about it. Anyway, thank you to our friends at Java House for their continued support. I don't want to jinx it, but I should be recording there next week if I don't get sick or, you know, something else happens. But they have five locations in Indy or go to javahouse.com, use promo code PITLANE10 for 10% off your order. So, Frenchie, I've got trivia for you. This is going to be IndyCar trivia since we're combining everything into one. And I was saying to somebody uh, on the phone last night how I feel like 2020, you know, first year of the pandemic, was like six years ago, and not not three years ago. So we're going to play some 2020 IndyCar trivia. I'm going to pick a couple of races at random here, and you're going to tell me who won. Okay. We are going to start with the Road America doubleheader. Um... I know it's 2020, you said. Also, sorry in advance to everyone about my voice. If it sounds a little weird, I'm recovering <laughs> from something that's not COVID. Uh, I know Rosenquist won his only IndyCar race at one of those rounds. Uh, so the other... Yep. Was Scott Dixon, right? Yes, sir. Okay, we are going to go to the Gateway Doubleheader. I believe Scott Dixon won one of those again, right? Yes, he did. Okay. And the other person who won at Gateway. Short Oval. Is it New Garden? It would be a Gateway. Yes, New Garden. And lastly, the Harvest Grand Prix doubleheader. Wow. Uh... I think Will Power won one of the races because he wins everything there. Yeah. And <laughs> was that another New Garden win? The other one? It was, yep. Hell yeah. You would be correct. Alright. We'll dive into the news. Next week I'll be back with F1 trivia if we well, maybe we'll see. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Maybe nobody gets trivia next week because Cody stopped sending me trivia questions. There's no trivia anymore? So it all depends on if... No, Cody doesn't send. Cody's too cool to text trivia. All right, well, someone else can send it. Yeah. Yeah, Kiana sent a few, like, before... Before Christmas, I think? I don't remember. Somebody sent us a few. Oh, Shelby sent us a few. Somebody cool sent us a few. Anyway... We will do all open wheel in one episode. Where do you want to start? That's up to you. I think I know what we'll finish with because we'll save that till the end when people may or may not turn off the episode early, depending on if they're interested. Uh, but we'll get that. Yeah, they've probably already turned it off because I've been I've been rambling a lot already. So I guess do you want to talk about IndyCar? Yeah, you know it's you know it's funny before before we start there. So I was. Talking with a female 
And I was like, oh yeah, I have a podcast. Potential suitor. And potentially, yep, potential. As I said to my family over the holidays, I was looking for an auntie for my new, for my nephew. Okay. Yeah. And so I sent a link to like our most recent episode from last week where we talk about like my, my heart transplant and I, and, and I got a quick reply. Oh my God, you had a heart transplant. I'm like, Oh, she thought we were serious. So I thought that was pretty. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the first thing she has to learn though, is that most of what we say is incredibly dry and sarcastic. So, I mean, better, better (laughs) to learn early. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it, it, she's not an actual suitor anymore. If I, if I'm remembering who it was, was that the reason? Oh yeah, no, you know why? You and I were texting about it. It was the the one who had some interesting views on life. Oh okay, got it. Yep, I've heard about. Yeah that yeah, first. yep yep. All right, now we can start with the news. Okay, so I don't think there's much in IndyCar except for these last couple seats that we think we know who's going to be in them. Um, just based on what today, Wednesday, as we're recording this. Yeah. So we'll know by tomorrow, of course, after we just record. But Yunkos said they're coming out with an announcement, and it was a picture of Ricardo and Augustine Canapino kind of like kneeling down together. <clears throat> Sorry about my voice. But that that <laughs> seems pretty obvious what that's going to be. And we think that the touring car driver, Augustine Canapino, who is Argentinian, I believe, right? Like Ricardo? I think so, yeah. Is going to be a rookie in IndyCar this year, which will definitely be interesting to watch because we've heard that name for a while, and he got to drive the car at that, what's it, like demonstration, demonstration showcase thing? What did they call it? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. But I think it was demonstration, yeah. So I don't know how much how much experience does he have just in open-wheel cars. Any? I don't think any. I... The only thing, so I'm looking at racing reference. The only thing he has, he appeared in two IMSA races in 2019. And I am control searching for his name. And it's not even in the list here. So he, I don't even know how much. I, I These probably are all brand new tracks to him this year. Okay. That's as much as I can theoretically tell you let me look at the rolex from 2019 and see if that was one of his races and eh, this is going to be was. impossible to search yes. in a reasonable amount of time oh well, yeah i'm okay. seeing that he finished eighth in the yunkos dpi cadillac oh yeah i forgot they had a short-lived that was the only year they had that program yeah then someone tubbed it at yeah at belle isle okay i didn't for some reason i thought it was a road course like Lime Rock or oh, Canadian Tire Motorsports. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I can sorry. see I can see the image of it just but, like tubbed in my mind. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So it's wasn't gonna be it, interesting. Wasn't it? Sp- I, I guess he's done some evaluation testing at Sebring too. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope he's not way behind the curve. I don't know if he's bringing money, and that's the reason that they want him at all. Or okay, so that he is bringing some funding. Yes. But obviously, I think he and Ricardo have some special relationship. They've been buddies, it seems like, for a while, because he's been trying to bring him into the series, it feels like, for a few years. Yeah. Because wasn't he rumored, and you and I might have talked about this a couple episodes ago at this point, 
when Junkos was trying to get back in IndyCar, I think he was like one of the rumored drivers to be in that seat. Right. So the seat that Callum is now in, I think he was initially one of the options. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he has a good teammate to work with there. And I think it's going to improve the team just to have two cars and get data. Uh, I don't know how much touring car driving translates to IndyCar, if at all. But based on Scott McLaughlin, I mean, he was basically driving a, a glorified, you know, touring car, stock car type thing. And then TK's been running the Brazilian, what, stock car, a touring car racing and been cleaning up, I think, doing pretty well down there. So just a car is a car, I guess, maybe. Yeah, I'm the data is definitely going to be a good thing. I man, I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know to think of him because I don't know, you know, the first time we'll really get a a read on how he is compared to other rookies or other drivers is going to be in a couple weeks at Thermal Club, but also I apologize if I sound way different now I realize my microphone was on the wrong setting on my new computer here. So, we're just going to rock and roll with it. What's next? I just want to make one observation. Your office is way brighter than it usually is. Like usually you sit in the dark pretty much when I do this with you that could also be because i'm on a new laptop with a new camera uh, in it so like the updated macbook yeah i got a new macbook pro when i was back in philly for for the holidays but usually i use my old imac which i think the camera comes got it okay that. yeah it looks way brighter now i look I look, I look much prettier but we should continue before we, we're gonna lose the rest of our all right yeah so episode. next piece of news i think and as much as everyone thought that he was going to the Dale Coin with Rick Rare racing car, sounds like our old friend Takuma Sato is going to be taking the ovals on that number 11 Ganassi car shared with Marcus Armstrong. And that's a pretty potent recipe, I think. We've never seen Sato in kind of that level of equipment, I wouldn't say. I mean, when he was with Andretti, it was pretty good. And with Ray Hall... They were probably, I'd say, second tier, right? Like, they were knocking on the door of the top teams, but he's never been in, like, a Penske or Ganassi-type car, and I'm intrigued to see this. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty damn potent lineup, especially, you know, for the Indy 500. You know, no knock on, on Tony Kanaan running there for the 500 the last couple of years, obviously, but it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm excited to see how he does. I, I could see him easily getting a win at any of the oval tracks. Yeah, I, I don't see why it's not. It's just interesting that he's become an oval specialist. I'm excited because I know... Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I still love you. I am... Yeah, thanks. Oh. I... I th... <laughs> you got me <laughs> flustered. I I think that... It will be a good person for Marcus Erickson to learn from. I, I think, you know, co-host Malukas and, and Sato had a good relationship last year. So I think Sato will, you know, kind of help out as, as much as he can, especially when he's not in the car. But also, you know, it'll be a good person for, for Marcus to watch when, when Sato Armstrong, is in the car. So, you know, kind of two levels to... The, the other Marcus. Yeah, whatever. Mark, there's I'm going to screw that up a little yeah, I'm going to screw that you. up a lot this year. Anyway, so I guess the other thing is the who's replacing right. Sato. Which pretty much leaves 
the one option that is out there with funding that we've been hearing about for a while, and it's most likely going to be Stingray Rob. So they're going to have the youngest lineup, I believe, in IndyCar by a lot. Like, they're both born in 2001. Yeah. And then I also think they're guys who've finished consecutively second in the Indy Lights Championship. So, I mean, that's pretty solid. It's interesting that... So who do we have that won? Kyle Kirkwood, and he's in IndyCar. But then, yeah, unfortunately, Linus Lundquist just doesn't have a, a seat. Man, that that sucks. And I was asking around last week, not this week, and there's just no talk about Linus at all in IndyCar. Like, nope, he's not rumored for anything right now. So I don't know. I'll have to find out, like, can you use prize money? Like, does it have to be used this year? And I, I, I know I've known the answer to that, and I just forget at the current moment if it can or it can't be. But, yeah, man, that sucks. That's, that's, that's such a bummer because he's such a good kid, and he's a damn good driver. And now he doesn't have a ride. And I I, I hope there's something IndyCar can do. I don't, I don't think there is, but I'm kind of just grasping at straws. Yeah, I, I hope this doesn't end his racing career, like taking a year off. You know, we've seen that kind of with some other drivers. They have to take a year off, and I, maybe we'll see him somewhere else. Maybe he'll do some driver coaching. But, you know, with somebody I think of like Oliver Askew, who kind of took a year off, and then his IndyCar opportunities basically dried up. So, you know, once you're out of the paddock, or he was still even in the paddock doing some like driver coaching or something you really kind of get left behind or almost forgotten. Yeah. And and Ollie was at the track a couple times last year. Not very much, but a, a couple times. All right. So next? two cool things that I recently saw happen, and I guess everybody listening probably saw too, but we found out that Will Power is going to be racing in the Daytona 24. He's going to be driving a Mercedes GTD car. Um, I guess it's probably, I think it's in the GTD AM class, I believe, with the Sun Energy 1 team. Okay. Yeah. It's not GTD Pro. It's interesting. I mean, yeah. He has never really done it before, right? I don't think he's ever done sports cars from what I remember. Has he even done Bathurst or anything? Okay. Uh, yeah, keep I talking, I'll look did. that up. So, I mean, I expect him to be pretty damn good right off the bat. Just based on how talented he still is. And so maybe this will be his little foray into showing that he deserves a drive after whenever he retires in IMSA. Or in some other sports car series. Yeah, I, I think that this, and same with Newgarden McLaughlin is the way for them to get sports car experience so that if they want to or they get the chance, they can drive one of the uh, LMDH Porsches in future years. Because I don't think Porsche was interested in them, you know, having no experience in a sports car and jumping right into, you know, right into, you know, the big machine. But power has no experience he had a one grip repco uh, he did a couple supercars races back in the day 
but that's uh, that's it. This, this is going to be fun to watch because I don't know much about the Sun Energy One lineup, although I think it is, yeah, it's Kenny Habul, who's, I believe he's Australian, but he lives in the United States, so he's done Bathurst and stuff like that. Okay. And he drives that really cool livery. It's like usually blue and orange, like almost looks like it has flames on it, the Mercedes, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so I think they've okay. run that at yeah, Bathurst, like yeah. similar livery, but... I am kind of speaking out of my depth here, so if I'm wrong, don't get too mad at me. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, if Elio can go and like go do really well at uh, sports cars, no offense to Elio, but I'm pretty sure that Will Power can go and destroy because I view Elio more as like an oval <laughs> talent at this point. I mean, even though he had a lot of road course wins, and, you know, Will Power, wow. He's a road course driver, I would say, first and foremost, even though he's translated to the ovals as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. All right, last little bit of news. Yep. Is One more piece of IndyCar news? I guess yeah. Jimmy Johnson might still run the Indy 500. I don't know who it would be with if Ganassi will run another car. He's apparently allowed to race uh, with Honda, even though he's like now... I just saw the name of his new NASCAR team. He just took over the Petty GMS NASCAR team, and it calls something else. It sounds really weird. Let me pull it up. It's like Legacy something. Oh, like Legacy. Yeah, yeah. It's... Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning, or have never even heard of paddle, or padel, as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Pit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on! And I think our buddy George said something about it sounds like a random, uh, like, rich club for race, you know, rich racing fan club track place. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. A club for rich dudes. Um, You know, know, it'd be interesting. Maybe he will uh, come back for the Indy 500. He he did pretty well, at least with qualifying, and seemed to be running pretty well during the race. But uh, I don't know. Either he gets 
a sponsor probably and is able to bring almost all the budget or I don't think a team is going to want to run him because he's done it once. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i kind of over the whole Jimmy Johnson doing the 8500 thing. I know, you know, he he looked impressive there last year until the, the wind caught him out, but I I don't I don't care at all if he does the Indy 500. I know that's that's super negative. Of no, me, I think I agree. Not just me um, personally, but I think for casual fans, it's a big deal, right? Like everybody who was his NASCAR fan after he built up a huge fan base over the years and was watching him do IndyCar and watching him struggle, like seeing him. What was it at Iowa? Do really well, and then at the Indy 500, like show flashes of. Speed and and Texas. Okay, yeah. Was it like a Texas top six? He did really well. Yeah. So. Yeah, that sounds. I don't know if he's gonna run a race. It should be the Indy Five Hundred, probably. Uh, but I would think that unless he's in equipment like a Ganassi car, he probably doesn't want to do it. Or maybe like Ed Carpenter. But I, I can't see him doing it with some other team. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's pretty much it for the IndyCar side, unless you can think of anything and we can switch. No, let's let's switch over to F1. We'll, yeah, no, I don't I've think we have that, that much over there. Before we get into the big topic, but the first one is Sebastian Montoya, who's Juan's son, obviously, has joined Red Bull's junior team ahead of 2023 and this could be good or bad given what we've seen with people who joined the red bull stable but i think he's going to do f3 with them and with the hopes of moving up to f1 so maybe he'll end up proving himself juan pablo montoya has said that his son is even better than he was so maybe that's dad kind of talking him up or maybe it's true partially or partially both yeah i mean yeah, it could be partially both, but like Juan Montoya is one of those guys that if he's saying that, hey, this kid's really good, yeah, no, I, I agree probably believe him. Uh, that was wow, good. I just muted myself in time for that sneeze. I think, <laughs> but yeah, I mean the Red Bull Red Bull Junior program is yeah. is a, kind of a disaster. So I'm no, me too, I'm still and a little hesitant. I, I guess it's it gives him the budget right to move forward he'll have some secure funding behind him and that connection to an f1 team that if he ends up being talented enough which maybe he will be it's i would probably bet on him being talented enough just based on his father but you know if he gets there there might not be a seat open for him at red bull that's always the problem but we're talking way ahead of that ourselves (laughs) yeah yeah exactly all right Two other things. There's apparently going to be a four-part uh, like docu-series made about Alan Prost. I can't find out if it's okay. right. going to be in English because they're doing it on Canal Plus, which is, or Canal Plus, whatever, it, the French broadcasting company. So it might be in French and it might be totally irrelevant to our audience. But I got excited yeah. when I saw this. Because the other documentary that I really want to watch, but I can't seem to find because it's geo-blocked, is this one called 
Villeneuve and Peroni. Have you heard about that one? Did we talk about it yet? I think it got released on Sky. Mm-mm. It's a documentary about when they were teammates. And, I mean, Gio Villeneuve and Didier Peroni, just like that story of them running together at Ferrari and being like best friends before they had a massive falling out. And then they both tragically die way too young within five years of each other or something. I really want to see this. So I may, and I'm not saying I'm going to do this, but I may have to use a VPN and just find a way to watch it because if it's not available in the U.S., then I like see that as infringing on my civil rights and my freedom to watch what I want to watch. <laughs> yeah, and if any of our U.K. listeners can... I don't know, maybe record their screens or something and send it to us. We will reward you with podcast. We never talk about doing something like that, though. Hugs. That's just uh, hypothetical. That's all I can offer you. Yeah, correct. Can you hear winking over a podcast? Maybe not. All right, what's next? Uh, you know, I need yeah, a sound. I need a soundboard again so I can. Like Beavis Put and Butthead laugh sounds in there, but they're really expensive, and <laughs> and I am not in a position to spend that money right now. So big, big news that we've. Oh well, I guess there's one little small thing before we get to that. We're getting all these car launch dates, so uh, we can probably just post a link to the list. But yeah. basically, Williams is going to be first. It's February sixth, so that's coming up actually pretty soon. And then the rest are kind of that next week, like February 11th through the the 16th or something. But, I mean, we'll we'll be seeing these new cars yeah. probably in virtual renderings uh, very soon. Yeah. All right. And I think Williams, from what I understand, is going to be like a livery, but not on the new car. Really? Like it's going to be a show car only, which we saw, you know... I, I And I'm sure that it, they might not be the only one as well. I just think because Williams is a week earlier than everybody else's, that was the theory I saw. Who knows if yeah, it's accurate? Yeah, I feel like they would be we'll the team out. that would need as much time as possible to keep working on their car. So the fact that they're doing it early does potentially concern me. You know, they they did graduate from the from the woodworking shop, but... You know, they had to go to the Lego store in New York City to get some extra parts. And, you know, it takes time to, to get those Legos over. So uh, apparently the Alpha Tauri launch is February 11th and it's happening in New York City. So I bet we're going to get an invite to that. Don't you think so, right? Totally. Oh, because is it's it? part of New York Fashion Week. And, you know, you and I are two of the yeah. most fashionable human beings alive. Yeah. Wow. That's why it's in New York. It's City a fashion brand. Alpha Tauri, you know, is a wow, not brand that or whatever. Yeah, fra- fashion brand. Okay. So, yeah, very fashionable. You with your uniform of like yeah. hoodies and jeans, and me with my uniform of like flannels and jeans. Yeah, gym shorts. Yep, I haven't combed my hair in like five days, and I'm oh, drinking I a, a protein shake and a beer at the same time. This is rare that we drink during this. Uh, it's some. Yeah, it's a weird. Sour beer. I just finished it, and the can is okay. Like behind my monitor right now, it's almost like you know, like yeah. gushers, like the fruit stuff, like explode in your mouth. It's like kind of like gushers e flavor. Like it's, you will slow down there, champ. 
You already professed your love for me earlier in the episode. Let's keep this family rated. I, 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 it's, it's a, it's not that great. It's kind of, I got it with Stig at this, at the Dude, Total Wine and more. Remind me to say something about Total Wine after before. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think him and I needed another adventure there. Maybe, maybe tomorrow when I, when I hang out with him, but. And I was like, oh, yeah, it looks cool. Gushers are so good. And it's it's, so it's okay, great, but it's kind of overrated. So you like, no, it's like got like the Gushers like cartoon looking graphic on it. And it's like made to taste like it a little bit, but it's, it's all right. I wouldn't wreck. I wouldn't buy it again. I mean, if you call me a child. <laughs> yeah, but they need like the nerds beer. That'll definitely attract you. Ooh, give me some of those gummy nerd clusters. I'll eat that all day. I had a bag and a half of those on my drive back from Philly. Like the nerd's rope thing? Last weekend. No, they're like actual like little like clusters. Uh, Not ropes. They're like little of like little uh, nerds like kind of glued to some candy. Not glued, but just stuck on yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. I have to yeah. try some of those they're at Rolex 24. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I ate some candy and some super glue. We don't know what they probably make it with glue. Oh hell yeah, we're gonna buy. Yeah, whatever. I mean, it's not like I haven't been drinking beer and liquor in the last week. So fair I enough. But uh, about total first. wine, let me just say this real quick before we move on. This is a random fact of trivia that no one else might find interesting, but I guess I do. So the guy who's the CEO of Total Wine, named David Trone. Yeah, yeah, he's the representative for the district where I grew up in Maryland in Congress. So, doing big things. Do we like him? The big, the big piece right, of news the the debate that everyone's been getting fired up over. Uh, that call for teams that we talked about. I think we talked about it previously last week. Well, Andretti came along and said. Boom, drop the mic. We have Cadillac and GM behind us if we're going to enter. And I think it sounds like Cadillac would just be a branding deal. Like, remember when Red Bull was like Aston Martin Red Bull, but they were had Renault engines? Right, exactly. And the tag. Which were really Porsches. Same thing. Right. So I think that's what it would be. It would be a Renault engine, I think, in this case, or Alpine engine, whatever. Branded as a Cadillac, or Cadillac would be branded on it. And Michael Andretti is pissed off. He's like, he seems to be done with this. Um, and I think he's basically ready to get in a room with all of the team principals and just like push them up against a wall and hold them up by like the throat or like, you know, their shirt collar and just do that like dirty Harry Clint Eastwood, like talk in your face, like really closely and like a menacing whisper of like, let me into F1. And yeah. Yeah. So first off, super cool. You know, I, I immediately was a little concerned because, you know, Cadillac and GM haven't spent too much money internationally in racing. And I don't yeah. know ever. And it that doesn't seem like a brand that, you necessarily think of 
big time racing or whatever, but I get GM is like, well, we want to spread out our brands across different platforms yeah. to I grow mean, the, the brand. Like, okay, work. cool. I get it. I didn't have any problem like with Chevy it. and F1 would be weird. Right. Uh, press release. Fine. Press conference. Yeah. So, yeah, but so here's my issue. Two things. And I might get some dislike for this. A, the thing everybody will agree with, the F1 team managers wholeheartedly being greedy. They need to come to some sort of compromise. They also won't come to some sort of compromise. There's no chance they compromise. Not at all. Two, I guess this is longer winded than I thought it was going to be. Two, you know, this isn't a process that's going to be decided in the next month. This is going to be, I don't know, many, 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 many months before anything is decided because the FIA and teams will not only look at the Andretti Cadillac entry, but every other yeah, entry that we don't know about out there. So anybody who thinks they're going to get on the grid in 2024 is delusional. It's not happening. Which only I've only seen a few people post or say that, like, well, if they could get on there next year. And, but I, I do kind of understand, you know, everybody, or F1 team owners saying, or principals saying, you know, hey, we'd be happy if they bring an OEM. Andretti isn't really bringing Cadillac up front. You know, down the line, yes, maybe they'll work on some things and eventually in 2026 or onward build their own engines. But I can't imagine Cadillac building their own engines in, in three years. Like, an F1 engine is is a beast. So it's it's going to take some time. So, you know, if they join in 2025 and they work with Renault, it's still going to be a, a couple years before an engine of their own is ready. And maybe that just doesn't entice F1 team managers. And I don't necessarily blame them. And my my last point, and then I'll let you go, is... Michael Andretti has every right to be frustrated. Andretti has every right to be frustrated as a as a organization. And so does Cadillac. But this like name not necessarily name calling, but this like publicly outing everybody and calling them greedy. I don't know if that's the tactic I would take with F1. It's just and I I I know some of them were like, well, he went around having that petition signed last year. I didn't really have an issue with that because he's not like publicly you know, tweeting like, oh, Toto signed my paper, you know, so I don't really care about that. But and this isn't a knock on on those articles being written about that. Like they were they were very, very well written articles. But I don't know. I just don't think that's the right. Th- I don't think that's the tactic that is going to get you a win. In, a, a, you have a big a bid. In I think F1. important point there of that. Strong arming your way into F1 is not the way to do it. And you probably should basically be kissing the you-know-what of the team owners that are already in there to try to please them and show them, I don't know, how you'll play nice with them to let you in. And I don't think Michael Andretti is that kind of guy. So, I mean, he's Michael Andretti. He probably looks at the mirror and says, like, these other people have not raced, like, that are on these. I was in F1. Yeah, exactly. He wakes up so, and pisses excellence. I mean, he's got nothing to prove to them, and I understand his frustration, just like you said. But on the other hand, there's something going on here that I think that is deeper 
than we are getting in the press. Because. Oh, yeah. I mean, the pushback at Andretti, there's something that they're not showing the teams. Because if they really were there just kind of getting all of the boxes checked with Cadillac, with enough money, with enough this, with enough that then I don't think there would be this much resistance. I mean, there is the greed factor, but I really don't think it's all about that. There's something that is missing from their application or their plans that is telling the existing teams that Andretti will fall short in some way. Or maybe they view them as a threat. I don't know. I don't think they view them as a threat. I think they're just not taking them seriously. Yeah, I agree. But you're right. Yeah, there's definitely a lot more behind the scenes that we don't know about. I think you're 100% right there. And man, I hope something happens. It'd be cool, but you know, like I said to you, I don't know if I said it to you like in a text message or on the show last week, like I'm still I even with that announcement, my hopes were never super high because F1 team F1 team managers have the bar yeah. have have And this whole right like now. uh what is it? What do they call like a call for proposals or whatever they called it for F1 teams, like call for entrance? Whatever. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean they have yeah. to accept anyone. Like they could go through the whole process and deny all of them and just say like too bad. And I mean, the point that you made that I think we should reiterate is no one's going to come in before the new regulations in 2026, because why would you jump in right after new regulations, right? Like jump in when it's a fresh start for everyone. Yeah. So we're not going to know anything for three years, and that gives them plenty of time to vet. Or maybe Cadillac gets tired of waiting and kind of all this drama and art and just moves it, goes elsewhere and like backs out. Yeah, I mean, I hope within a year we have an answer as to who it will be, so teams have time to decide whether that's Andretti, Cadillac, or forward or yeah. whatever i'm just you know spitballing now but i don't know man i i don't have the warm and fuzzies about i've heard elsewhere that stuff. the mazapins are looking to create a team with ural cali money and yeah that's yeah, they can go to e-scooter and then also that high tech which is like a we, we <laughs> talked about this before that the rumors that they really want to move up and have a, an f1 team yeah i don't know who else is out there kind of sniffing around but hyundai's been rumored uh, we talked about Ford. I guess Porsche is still rumored. So, you know, one of these teams could, uh, you know, Andretti, Cadillac making the big splash, but it may not be the one that ends up being accepted or, you know, ends up being the most realistic kind of team entrant uh, come 2026. Yeah, well said. Well, we'll wrap it there. We'll be back to normal two episodes next week. Finger crossed I actually record at Java House and I don't end up with the flu or some ridiculous life event happening again. And almost Rolex time. We are, hey, two weeks from today, we we leave town. We leave to head to Florida. So I'm super pumped. We've got all our credentials squared away. We even have a photographer working with us this year, which will be a lot of fun. And I'll talk about our interviews that we're going to do there. Maybe like the week of Rolex, we will post online who we're going to talk to while we're there. Anyway, 
Everybody have a lovely weekend of e-scootering. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.